Let us pray. So the king returned and came to Jordan, and Judah came to Gilgal to go to meet the king to conduct the king over Jordan. 2 Samuel 19.15 My Lord, when thoughts try to invade my mind, with tenacity and grit I will drive them out, like Joab and Abishai in 2 Samuel 19. I will not give the negative thoughts and ungodly beliefs the time and space to overthrow the truth of God's Word in my heart. I decree and declare that, like David's mighty men, I will speak the Word of God over those limiting beliefs and watch them crumble under the weight of your power and your glory, Lord. When the thoughts seem like too many, when they seem to come unrelenting, I will not stop in my pursuit to speak life over myself and my loved ones. Like King David, you have set me in this new life, God, and through the power of your Holy Spirit, I will conquer and subdue all ungodly thoughts and beliefs in my mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for making prayer a priority in your life. To hear the Bible come to life, stay tuned for The Bible in a Year. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com David returns to Jerusalem. In our last story, we witnessed the short-lived coup of Absalom. Having just taken over the throne of David, Absalom's army was defeated in battle by David's mighty men. Their skill was unmatched, and Absalom died hanging on a tree. David was so busy mourning his son's death that he did not comfort or encourage his people. Joab, as a good friend should, rebuked David. In this story, David's kinship is restored, but not without resistance from within. Inspired by the book of 2 Samuel. This is Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In yesterday's episode, Absalom's army was quickly defeated by David's men, and Absalom himself met an early end as he tried to flee from capture. David was devastated by the death of his son, even though Absalom had sought to take away his throne and kill his father. When David's commander and closest friend Joab saw how David's sorrow overshadowed his gratitude for all that his people had done to restore their king, he called him out. David recognized that Joab was right and finally rose up to speak to his people. Today we'll hear about David returning to Jerusalem to restore his kingship. It would not be all smooth sailing, as the effects of the divisions Absalom had brought about continue to be felt throughout the kingdom. But David will demonstrate what a good king is like, seeking peace with those who opposed him. So, once again, let's listen to God's word today. Absalom was dead, but the discord and doubt he sowed into the people was not yet killed. People grumbled and quarreled among themselves as to whether David should be king or not. David knew that the only way to settle the hearts of the people was to settle the hearts of Absalom's closest followers. He spoke kindly with Absalom's priests and generals and greeted them with compassion. He spoke with them about having a place in his ranks and counsel by his side. 
Although David was a man of war, his default was always peace. So David was welcomed back into Jerusalem, having the full support of those who were once loyal to Absalom. Dysfunction and sorrow still hid in the shadows of Israel. Slowly, people began to emerge and fall at the feet of David, ashamed of their treachery. The first among them was a man named Shimei. He begged David to forgive him for serving Absalom. Abishai, one of David's mighty men, encouraged David to put him to death. However, David looked at him with compassion and said, This is not a day for death and execution. Today I am king of Israel again. So David spared him. Next was a man named Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son. Mephibosheth was a crippled boy who used to dwell in the palace of David. David cared for him deeply and was grieved when he did not join him when he escaped. Mephibosheth was grieved as well and said that he was kept from doing so. David forgave him and restored to him some land. Some of this land would reside in Bethlehem, where a certain inn with a stable would be built. Small disputes continued to arise among the people. The ten tribes of Israel were angry with Judah because they felt they had special privileges to the king. So David continued to navigate the messy politics of pleasing people. He rallied elders, made treaties, and spoke with clansmen, David was originally a man made for battle. However, this was a time for him to be a governor. The nation continued to squabble, but slowly the people began to heal and experience unity once again. However, a remnant of rebellion lurked in the shadows. A man named Sheba waited for his moment to strike. In the tribe of Benjamin, a loud trumpet could be heard blowing throughout the streets. Sheba and a small band of rebels chanted, Down with the dynasty of David! Rally, O you men of Israel! Down with David! His words began to catch fire, and men began to join Sheba in his rebellion. Dozens became hundreds, and hundreds became thousands. David dwelled in Judah, continuing his work among the city. David sent Amasa, Absalom's old general, and asked him to assemble an army in Judah. Amasa left immediately. However, he did not get to Judah in time. David beckoned Abishai and said, Sheba has the potential to do far more damage than Absalom. Assemble my troops and drive him out at once. We must reach him before he fortifies himself. So Abishai and Joab banded together with David's mighty men. They gathered warriors and set out to go after Sheba. When Abishai and Joab reached the outskirts of Judah, they saw Amasa. Amasa was asked to assemble an army for David, but did not. This enraged Joab. Joab could see right through Amasa. His neglect would sabotage David. Joab faked a smile and hid his dagger under his belt. Joab walked towards Amasa, saying, Greetings, brother, how are you? The two of them hugged, and Amasa felt a sharp jolt in his stomach. Joab whispered in Amasa's ear, Traitor! and Amasa fell to the ground with a dagger in his side. Joab and Abishai left Amasa there to bleed and die. With intent and drive, they continued their march towards Sheba. As we begin today, Absalom is gone. His illegitimate reign was short-lived, and David is now returning to the throne. But though Absalom is dead, the ripple effects of the lies that he told are being felt. 
There is division among the people as to whether David should return to power. How would King David handle these divisions, the questions about his own legitimacy as ruler of God's people? There was, of course, the option of force. David and his mighty men had shown their power in battle. He could have easily punished those who doubted his authority, but that wasn't David's way. It wasn't what was in his heart. David's heart sought peace with those who opposed him. So he spoke to the priests and generals who supported Absalom, easing their concerns and assuring them that they would have a place at the table. His wisdom and kindness paid off, and David was able to return to Jerusalem, counting on the support of those who had backed Absalom. There were others, though, who had remained in Jerusalem, many of whom had sided with Absalom, and with David back in the city, they began to approach, begging for forgiveness. One of these men was a man named Shimei, who had chosen to serve Absalom. We hear his words to the king in 2 Samuel 19, verse 19. Let not my Lord hold me guilty or remember how your servant did wrong on the day my Lord the king left Jerusalem. Do not let the king take it to heart. Can you imagine the memories that must have flooded David's mind as he heard these words? For they sounded so much like the words that he had cried out to God after sins of adultery and murder came to light. Had not God forgiven him? How then could he not show grace and forgiveness to someone who responded, with repentance towards him. Still, David's men urged him to put to death the traitor, but David stood firm and forgave this man. His quest for peace and reconciliation continued. He understood what his son Solomon would one day write in Ecclesiastes, that there is a time for everything, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time for war and a time for peace. This was a time for peace and restoring peace, and David knew the future of the nation depended upon it. Others came to David, and he forgave them one after another, signaling to the people that he would not be a vindictive king. In this new era of his reign, David navigated disputes on the home front rather than fighting battles with foreign foes, and slowly the nation began to experience unity once again. But not all were eager for peace. In Benjamin, there was a man named Sheba who was sowing dissension, rallying people to his side. The king understood that his opposition posed a far greater danger than his son Absalom's ill-conceived coup. David sent Joab, Abishai, and his other mighty men to shut down the insurrection brewing in Benjamin. He also called on Amasa, one of his generals who had served Absalom, but had been pardoned by David, staying true to his word that these men too would have a place in the kingdom. But Amasa was treacherous and had it in his heart to sabotage the king. Joab, however, saw right through it and put Abasa to death. Still, Sheba remained and had to be dealt with swiftly, and we'll hear more about that the next time. Dear God, we thank you for forgiveness, your forgiveness of us, that when we repent and turn from our sins, that we find complete and total forgiveness because of what you have done for us in sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to rise again, that we would have eternal life. May we not only be forgiven, but offer forgiveness to others. And may we live in the grace and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham. And we appreciate so very much your interest, your prayers, and your involvement in this wonderful effort 
to walk through the Bible. I would encourage you to download the Pray.com app and make prayer a true priority in your life, along with the study of God's Word. If you appreciate and have enjoyed this podcast, it would be very helpful if you would share it with someone you love because it will make a huge difference in their lives. And if you want to know more about how you can know Jesus and follow Him, how you can live the Christian life, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. Thank you and God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Welcome to the Pray News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we'll unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Pray News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.